Welcome to Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, brought to you in no part by the following parody sponsors. The Johnson & Johnson Va- That joke, like the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, was paused. The Pfizer vaccine. Experts are now suggesting that the Pfizer vaccine may need a booster shot every 6 to 12 months because apparently this fucking thing will never be fucking over. And an abundance of caution. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine was paused out of an abundance of caution when more than 6 million doses produced 6 blood clots, making caution infinitely more abundant than blood clots. I am Dave. And I am Molly. And our voices lack in volume what Johnson & Johnson blood clots lack in abundance. Our top story this week. In response to multiple mass shooting incidents and Senate Republicans' promise to block any and all gun control legislation from becoming law, President Biden took what very little action he could and signed some executive orders. It's like my old buddy Barack, who I can call Barack because we're buddies. It's like Barry Barry, Boberry Banana, Fanana Mo Berry used to say. He said, Joe. Sometimes you have to sign an executive order because Mitch McConnell is a dick. One of the measures taken by President Biden's executive orders is a ban on the sale of so-called gun kits, whereby a person could legally purchase all the parts necessary to build a gun without the sale of the parts of the gun technically being considered a gun sale. Begging the question, how the fuck was this legal in the first place? Do you want to buy a gun? But for reasons that aren't at all nefarious, you don't want any record to exist of you buying that gun? Of course I do, because that's a perfectly reasonable thing for a reasonable person to want. Do you own an AR-15 that only fires one bullet per second? But you need the ability to fire more than a bullet per second for safety reasons. It's like this spokesperson knows my entire life. Which ordinarily, as a paranoid person, I would find suspicious, but for some reason I don't mind in this case. What if I told you that I could sell you all the component parts of a gun with detailed instructions showing you how to assemble those parts into a gun without technically selling you a gun? It'd be like I died and went to killing people heaven. For more on this idiotic loophole, Barely Audible Whisper turns to our Bizarre Analogies correspondent. There was a loophole in America's already insanely lax gun laws that made buying a gun even easier which is like using a military-grade assault rifle to hunt a deer-shaped mylar balloon. You can have the component parts of my not-technically-a-gun when you pry them from my cold, dead, not-technically-able-to-grasp-things hands. The loophole allowed gun owners to purchase kits that contained all of the components needed to make a gun without technically counting the purchase of the gun parts as the purchase of a gun, which is like saying... I don't own furniture because I shop at Ikea. The right to bear arms shall not be infringed upon because technically speaking, even if you limit my right to bear arms, you cannot limit my right to bear parts of arms that I can use my arms to make into arms. That is solid legal reasoning. Do you think you understand legal reasoning, but in reality, you have no idea what you're talking about, which is why you need a gun to win a legal argument? But this legal equivalent of beating a DUI charge on the grounds that you couldn't have been drunk because you were sober at some point was banned when President Biden, who seems like the greatest boyfriend in the world, but that might just be because your ex was Ike Turner. I don't want to eat the cake. 
That's fine. You're the greatest boyfriend anyone has ever had. That seems like an overreaction, but you're entitled to react however you want. Is your bizarre analogy segment turning into a belabored analogy segment? Anyway, the point is that President Biden has closed this loophole with an executive order, which is the legislative equivalent of rebuilding America's broken infrastructure with cardboard and duct tape, which coincidentally is what will happen to our infrastructure if we don't eliminate the filibuster, which is like trying to slow down a moving vehicle by replacing its brakes with a nuclear explosion, which is why duct taping cardboard to a crumbling bridge is at least better than bombing the bridge and pretending it's fixed, which is why it feels so good to finally have a boyfriend who doesn't force feed us cake. What's the assembly got to do, got to do with it? What assembly, what a second of construction? What assembly got to do, got to do with it? A gun kits a gun with, I hear your instructions. So wait. As of this recording, the defense in Derek Chauvin's trial for the murder of George Floyd has yet to present their case. But, based on the defense's cross-examination of the prosecution's witnesses, it would appear as though the defense is essentially defenseless. Uh, but, would you agree that it is possible that these seemingly desperate, confused, and contradictory arguments I've made so far will magically coalesce into a brilliant defense strategy once I call witnesses. That seems highly improbable. But, just like it is technically possible that George Floyd coincidentally had a drug-induced heart attack at the exact moment that my client appeared to kill him, and it was, in fact, that heart attack and not having his throat crushed by a knee to the neck for nine and a half minutes that actually killed him, you must admit that it is within the universe of possibilities that I am laying the groundwork for an as-of-yet-unseen brilliant defense. But that flies in the face of every provable fact that we- You have to answer yes or no. And answering no would seem disingenuous because you cannot rule out a possibility in a universe of infinite possibilities, but answering yes legitimizes my absurd theory. Haha, <laughs> I'm very clever. For more on this bullshit, Barely Audible Whisper presents highlights of the defenseless defense attorney Eric Nelson's cross-examinations. Were you angry at what you witnessed? I wouldn't characterize it as angry. I felt despair, helplessness, guilt, grief, panic. I have a transcript from one time when you talked to the police and you used the word angry. Do you dispute your own statement? I mean, sure, anger was obviously part of it. Let the record show that the witness used the word angry and can therefore be characterized as angry. Haha, <laughs> I'm very clever. Were you angry? I don't know if you've ever seen someone being murdered, but it's very upsetting. That isn't fair. I was trying to be very clever, but she answered me honestly, which made my clever trick blow up in my face and now I look stupid. I watched a man struggle for his life at the hands- No! You're only supposed to say yes or no and fall effortlessly into my super clever lawyer trap. Your Honor, make her say yes or no. The witness will answer the question with a yes or no. Fine. Yes, 
I was angry. Nanny, nanny, boo, boo. I can characterize your emotional state as angry and you can't stop me. I'm very clever. Ha ha. Mr. Chauvin followed police department procedures. Is that correct? No. Our policies very specifically state that once a suspect is subdued, the use of force, especially potentially lethal force, is to be stopped. But he did follow procedures up until the point that he stopped following procedures. I suppose so. Let the record show that Mr. Chauvin cannot be said to have not followed any procedures. Ha ha, I'm very clever. You can literally see the exact moment that George Floyd died as the direct result of Mr. Chauvin killing him. But given the theory of physics that contends that there are an infinite number of universes containing an infinite number of possibilities, is it not therefore possible that there exists some universe in which a man could die of a drug-induced heart attack at precisely the moment another man puts a knee on his neck and that the heart attack would be the actual cause of death? Oh, no, because the knee and the neck would be the contributing factor regardless. But a contributing everywhere. factor and the cause of death are not the same thing. Therefore, in a universe of infinite possibilities, everything is possible up to and including the possibility that murdering George Floyd was impossible because it's possible he was already dead. Well, nothing about the actual universe of actual facts and the actual death of George Floyd support that theory. But like, how do I know that what I perceive as the color orange and what you perceive as the color orange are the same thing? Whoa, I just blew my own mind. <sighs> and so, based on what we've seen so far, Barely Out of a Whisper presents a summation of Derek Chauvin's defense. So, Mr. Chauvin followed police procedures, except also he didn't because the angry mob of an elderly man, two teenagers, and a 10-year-old girl caused him to panic. And he was so afraid of the angry mob that he continued to subdue the only person who was already subdued, thus continuing to anger the mob by continuing to do the thing that they were angry about all of which justifies his killing of George Floyd, but also he didn't kill George Floyd because George Floyd actually died of not having Chauvin's knee on his neck, which means that Mr. Chauvin was justified in killing him even though he didn't kill him. Is that really your defense? In defense of my terrible defense of the indefensible, I'm the first defense attorney in the history of defending the police who couldn't simply use the, the cop said he's innocent defense. Due to a technical error, over 500,000 high school seniors were sent acceptance emails by the University of Kentucky. A spokesperson had this to say. Uh, we regret this error. Only a handful of students on that prospect list were in fact admitted to the program. Most of those students hadn't even expressed an interest in Kentucky. Anyway, go blue, uh, though that hardly seems appropriate right now. Because sometimes we just need a lighthearted story. We're going to imagine what happened in some of those households that received the mistaken emails. Oh yeah, I got into Kentucky. Meet the next Wildcat superstar point guard. I am so proud of you. 
I thought there's no way you'd get in with the way you stop your dribble before you even have a plan and then jack up an off-balance shot from 25 feet with 10 seconds still left on the shot clock. But with Kentucky not even making the NIT this year, I guess they're desperate. Good for you! It says I'm in the clinical leadership and management program in the College of Health Sciences. I have no idea about health science. <laughs> I guess that's the bullshit program they put their athletes in for easy grades, huh? <laughs> it had better be. You're an academic nightmare. But it doesn't matter because I'm going to be... <laughs> oh, here's another email. Apparently that was a mistake. That makes so much more sense. What in the hell is this? Accepted to Kentucky? Explain yourself. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. I said you can go to any school in the world except one. And what do you do? Go behind my back? Uh, it's probably fake or spam or something. Don't you lie to me. That's it. I'm taking your whole college fund and I'm buying that boat. Wait, daddy. <laughs> daddy, don't. I swear I didn't apply. And purchased. Too late. It'll teach you to betray your parents' alma mater. You make me sick. You can figure out how to pay for that garbage school yourself. And from now on, you can call me Captain. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> oh, what's this? We regret to inform you that your acceptance email was sent by mistake. Well, shit. Sorry, kid, the boat's non-refundable. Oh, shit. I don't even remember applying to Kentucky. <sighs> hey, Ma. You know how you're always saying I smoke too much weed and I'll never get into college? Well, suck it. Last month, I got higher than I've ever been and finally started filling out applications and I just found out I got into Kentucky. They must have really liked my essay on what even are bushes? No, wait, ah, oh, shit. They sent another email. No, I didn't. Ha! You suck it. Hey, Dad, where's Kentucky? Oh, oh, it's like, it's way over east somewhere. Like near Vegas or something? No, no, like even further. Like past Arizona even. Well, why do you ask? I guess I'm going to college there? I got this letter. Well, man, if you got the letter, you have to go, I guess. Oh, wait. No, they just messed up, I guess. That was wild. I was like, huh? And I was like, well, okay. And now I'm like, oh, huh. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, I did it, Dad. I got into Kentucky. I'm going to study health science and I'm going to help stop the next pandemic. Today is the first day of the rest of my life. I'm so happy. I knew all those years sending you to health science camp would pay off. Here, I have something special for you. Dad, is that kombucha? I think you're finally old enough. Here you go, kid. Oh, oh no. Hold the kombucha, Dad. It was a mistake. Apparently they sent this letter to 500,000 people. Instead of the 30 it was supposed to go to. Oh, I'm sorry. This is the worst day of my life. 
You can always be a garbage collector like mom. I guess. <gasps> oh, wait. I just got another email. It says that the second email was an error. Well, they only meant to send it to the 499,970 people who got the first email by mistake. I got it after all. Kabucha all around. Again, the University of Kentucky deeply regrets any stress or confusion caused by this error. That being said, if any of the accidentally accepted students are over six and a half feet tall and can handle a basketball, uh, we might be able to work something out. As mass vaccination continues to bring hope that the world will soon emerge on the other side of the COVID pandemic, some companies are facing challenges to their old business models as new awareness about potentially unhealthy behaviors loom large in the public consciousness. Speaking of looming large, one such business model is the Golden Corral. Mm. Oh, the only thing better than greasy fried food whose flavoring is totally reliant on fat and salt is an unlimited quantity of greasy fried food whose flavoring is totally reliant on fat and salt. Unfortunately for Golden Corral, buffet-style dining stands out as a glaringly dangerous and completely unnecessary invitation for the breakout of disease. Ooh, I gotta be careful about COVID. On account of, for some inexplicable reason, I've got Golden Corral-like variety of what my doctor likes to call comorbidities. For a look at how the Golden Corral has tried to innovate around the newly found problems with their business model, Barely Audible Whisper filed the following report. For years, the Golden Corral has served as a sanctuary for unhealthy people to indulge in unhealthy behavior in an orgy of unlimited shamelessness. We prefer to think of it as offering our customers value. The consumer value of unlimited food at a low price makes up for the complete lack of nutritional value our unlimited food provides. Mm, I value the value of a value without value. But as the world was gripped by a virus that spreads more efficiently than liquid chocolate spewing from a fountain. Mm, the fountain. The fountain of chocolate is so awe-inspiringly beautiful. It makes my heart stop. Or Maybe that's just my heart actually stopping. The myriad of obvious health issues raised by buffet service. We have a little piece of plexiglass that prevents very short people from being able to sneeze on our food. And if that satisfies your concern, then you won't even mind that we call it a sneeze guard. <coughs> have come under renewed scrutiny. Mm, that gravy covered gravy with gravy. Looks so good. Uh, yeah, I've drooled a little. So we've been brainstorming and we've come up with what we think are some really innovative solutions. And bear in mind, these are real Golden Corral policies. What if we put disposable gloves next to all of the serving spoons so that the customers can put on a glove before they touch the spoon and then throw the glove away immediately after? That's a good start. What else? That's it. Everything else about our buffets will be exactly as disgusting as always, but now there will be a glove. Our market research indicates that at least some of our customers might bother to use the glove. Unfortunately, it will be logistically challenging to find gloves large enough to fit the morbidly obese hands of our regular customers. 
that won't also completely envelop and suffocate a small child. All right, so we will reopen some of our buffets with no real change other than a glove. But how do we attract customers that are no longer comfortable with buffet-style dining? Curbside and drive-through to-go service. Mm. To-go service has become popular at a lot of restaurants, but those restaurants' business model is based on quality. The only way a Golden Corral drive-through would work would be for cars to just keep circling the lot over and over again. Agreed. That's a terrible idea. Let's make it the central feature of hundreds of our restaurants. We could put shops in the front of our restaurants so customers can buy pre-packaged servings of their favorite Golden Corral dishes and bring them home. So, we take the same terrible food, but eliminate the value of all you can eat and the convenience of eating out. Exactly! Why not force our customers to stay at home and face their terrible decisions without the comforting opiate of unlimited servings? We can cross-promote this human tragedy with anti-depression medicine, booze, and guns. Synergy! And we could open some restaurants with dine-in service, but also like a buffet, where the same table keeps ordering more and more food from the same server until the human tragedy of customer and server become more intertwined than all three types of gravy in our signature gravy-covered gravy with gravy. Yeah. Yes. In a Minneapolis suburb, 14 miles north of where George Floyd was murdered by Derek Chauvin, another unarmed black man was shot at point-blank range by police in the middle of Derek Chauvin's murder trial. And the only thing that sucks worse than the timing of this shooting is the excuse for the shooting. Uh, it appears that as though the officer meant to draw her taser, but accidentally pulled out her gun, and then somehow not noticing the difference between a service pistol and taser, uh, shot and killed a human being. In other words... Oops. To be fair to police, from the body cam footage, you can distinctively hear a female voice calling for a taser, and then immediately after the shooting, you can hear the same female voice saying in alarm, quote, holy shit, I just shot him. To be fair to Dante Wright, the human being who was fatally shot at point-blank range, while the cop's story might be true, it's also unforgivably stupid. For more on this story, Barely Audible Whisper presents a new segment we're calling The Many Differences Between a Gun and Not a Gun. Hello, and welcome to The Many Differences Between a Gun and Not a Gun, a show in which we highlight the many differences between a gun and not a gun. For example, I will now eat this banana. Ooh! 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 Oops, indeed. What he thought was a banana turned out to be a gun. Let's review what went wrong using my handy laser pointer. Oops, it looks like what I thought was a laser pointer turned out to be a gun. The stress of accidentally firing a gun is making me sweat. Better wipe my brow with a handkerchief. Oops. Oops, indeed. What he thought was a handkerchief turned out to be a gun. Let's review what went wrong. Put your hands where I can see them. I can't let this stupidity go on any further. Aw, you 
brought me a bouquet of flowers. No, I'm pointing a gun at you to get you to stop. <gasps> that explains the not very flowery metallic scent. This has to stop. I don't know what the exact appropriate legal charges are for an officer who accidentally kills a man because they couldn't distinguish between a taser and a gun are, but at some point we have to stop forgiving the same gross negligence from law enforcement that we would not accept from anyone else, even if their job is very difficult. Scalpel. Scalpel. Ah, damn it, nurse. You just handed me a venomous snake. Oops. Doctor, is my husband going to be okay? I'm sorry, but during surgery, the nurse accidentally handed me a venomous snake instead of a scalpel. That's understandable. After all, you have a very stressful job. Here, here, have a banana. <gasps> Oops. You deserve the benefit of the job. Well, if she's not going to have the banana, can I have it? <laughs> Thank you for listening to Barely Audible Whisper, starring writer, producer, and co-host Dave Baldwin. Co-host and actress Molly Baldwin, writer and actor Daniel Carter-Brown, and actors Emily Sams-Brown, Michael Morgan, Robin Ward, and Tommy Strack. Please check out our website where you can subscribe to us or you can subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. We appreciate your support. In loving memory of Corey Burns. Hubris.